0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Hi, I'm Bill's defensive end, Greg Russo, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills.
2: the Bills freeze out the Bears 35 to 13 on Christmas Eve this past weekend to go 12 and 3 on the season and officially clinch the AFC East and get one step closer to clinching the number 1 seed in the AFC. Hello everyone, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host Nate, and this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. If you're in the western New York or central New York area and the roads are not closed, do yourself a favor, check out the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago at the DeLago Resort and Casino. You will not regret it. Tell them uh, them that the Circling the Wagons podcast sent you. Um, see if that gets you anywhere. <laughs> we're going to discuss the Bills' victory this past week on Christmas Eve. Uh, we're going to talk about our thoughts on the game, some stats of the game, uh, our sweet sassy molassie plays of the game, and uh, our wall of famers and wall of shamers. And uh, maybe we'll get to some, uh, some some Twitter hot takes. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm joined by my co-host, John, for this episode. And, John, it was funny. This 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 game was interesting because... <clears throat> I mean, they were, the Bills were eleven and three. They're playing a three and eleven Bears team, and the first half was not ideal. They were down 10-6 after halftime, and and then all of a sudden, you know, the Bills turned on the Jets and they realized that they are a much better team, and they scored what was it, twenty unanswered points or something of that effect. They scored a lot of points, so uh, they just blew them out in the second half, and uh, and they showed they showed them. Uh, you know, just why the Bills are should be the number one seed in the AFC. So um I thought the the Bills run game looked good for once. Um Josh Allen didn't have his greatest game, but the defense looked good and uh they stepped up in several different ways. And I don't know about you, John, but like I feel I feel like the one of the themes of this season is sometimes when the Bills win they make a lot of mistakes and the Bills are just that good at times to overcome them whether it's you know Josh Allen's not having the greatest game he's throwing you know bad interceptions and the defense stops the team or uh, or maybe the special teams will show up or maybe the run game will show up in this case like like they it feels like they have multiple ways or like when the penalties are bad like they they find a way to overcome them does that make any sense to you
1: yeah definitely the the offense in particular there are times where you know there's these picks or fumbles or like special team gaffes, where it's like, are you serious? But then like they find a way to win those games just because they are that good. It, it, it's kind of crazy. Um, this was an interesting game for sure. You could call it a trap game right ahead of the Cincinnati game, which is a huge game right now. But halftime, I don't know who gave the halftime speech. <laughs> <laughs> I assume McDermott, but like they they got their act together and and uh, really pulled it together for the second half.
2: Yeah, they made some great adjustments and ended up uh, blowing the doors off off the uh, off the Bears. I'm going to go over into like stats of the game real quick because I want your thoughts on Josh Allen. But uh, Josh Allen, 15 for 26, 172 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, 41 yards and one touchdown on the day i mean if you're given a fire emoji rating for Josh Allen's performance against the bears i what's your what's your rating going to be for that what, what, your thoughts on his performance i mean because it wasn't a great game but it wasn't a completely awful game i mean he had some really good throws but then he made some boneheaded picks you know like where he was throwing into double coverage against Isaiah McKenzie and you know it was I mean, if there's yeah, one I, he was... what,
1: yeah, I mean, fifty-seven percent complete. He was under sixty. He, the, even the total yardage, like it wasn't a big volume game either, right? Um, ah, two, right? Like, yeah, two stars
0: or yeah, fires
2: or whatever. Two, two fire emojis. I, I think two. <laughs> I think two fire emojis is pretty good. It's a, it's a sub-average, you know, day for him. Um, subpar. And if it wasn't for the run game, they might not walk away with his game so easily. Um, if they had to rely on him to throw for 50, 50, uh, you know, plus uh, passes. So, uh, yeah, I, I think two is, I think two is a good number. Again, you know, the Bills, he didn't kill them, obviously, but you know, the one interception, to Isaiah McKenzie in double coverage, um, which he's like one of the receivers that you definitely do not throw into a double coverage. <laughs> he's like five foot seven, and you know. Like, do that to Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, Gabe Davis, like big guys, right? Or bigger guys, better receivers. Um, and then the other one where he just sort of across the middle and he threw it right into the linebacker's hands, which, you know, again, this is something that we're kind of seeing a little bit this season with Josh Allen. We haven't seen it as much last few games, but uh, <clears throat> it's crept up here or there.
1: I'd be curious to know, like, like, you know, those exact stats. Like, let's say that was a J.P. Lossman or E.J. Manuel game, right? Would that be would that be two stars? So it'd be one star
2: <laughs> for that for them. <laughs>
1: passing. They probably wouldn't have won, right?
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> they would throw for one hundred seventy-two yards and two touchdowns, and even with two interceptions, we'd be like, that's five fire emojis for that game. That was an amazing <laughs> game from JP Lawsman. <laughs> like but the, just, but we would have lost. Oh yeah, oh yeah, right. true. Yes, exactly. True. And we would
1: have had like. The running back would have ran for 150 yards. Whoever it was, Spiller, or whoever. Mm-hmm. McCoy, I don't know who the hell we had. <laughs> but Fred like,
2: Jackson. It's hard to remember.
1: <laughs> but like, I mean, th- in those days we had like a single running back, right? We didn't have like okay. random.
2: Was it McGee? So it'd be it'd be like yeah. one
1: guy who ran for 150 yards or 200 yards, and the defense would have played good, but we would have lost because of the quarterback. Yeah. But now it's like you can have the same exact stats. And I mean, it's, you're comparing like, you know, an, an all pro, but like to, to these other guys, but like same exact stats.
2: And it's like, oh, you know, it's okay. It's fine. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It didn't hurt yeah. them. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing, especially because um, the Bills had three turnovers as opposed to the Bears' two turnovers. So the Bills turning the ball over more. The Bills had nine penalties for 72 yards as opposed to the Bears only had two penalties for 15 yards. Um, but I mean, I think I think one of the biggest things going the Bills' way was just, I mean, the offensive output. Uh, you know, holistically, they had 426 yards of total offense, and the Bears had 209 yards. They had less than half of what the Bills' output was, so the turnovers didn't matter. Um, the Bears actually had more time of possession. It didn't even matter. The Bills had huge plays in the run game, specifically the uh, the Singletary touchdown the uh, Cook touchdown, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, uh, but yeah, yeah.
1: You know what yeah. that I'd be interested in is the the what the Bills turnover ratio per game is this year. So like they're twelve and three, right? How many of those games did they win the turnover ratio?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. <clears throat> that's a good question. So I just so you know, I I wanted to bring up the turnovers in general, and the Bills are. 30th in the league for turnovers on offense one of the worst teams in the nfl when it comes to turning the ball over but i don't know like like you know the ratio of turnovers i know that they're one of the best in the league on defense for getting turnovers they're fourth in the in the league to actually taking the ball away they're just one of the worst at giving it too mm. so so their defense yeah. is
1: saving them <laughs>
2: The defense is saving them when it comes cause to that.
1: Because there's, there's a few stats that like really dictate like wins and losses, and I, I feel like and turnovers is one of them. Third downs yes. is one. Uh, there's a couple other uh, other stats, but like winning the turnover battle is really huge. Um, seems like the defense is really helping cancel out the offense on that.
2: Yeah, I think that I like what you said. The turnover ratio per game too, because if you have like six turnovers and the other team has zero. And then, like, the next game, it's the exact opposite. You're like, oh, it's one for one. Well, it's like, oh, it's not really one for one, you know. If you average them both out, it's kind of, you know, not telling of, of how the game actually went. So, Or, like, how the team really played. But, <clears throat> yeah, I like I liked that stat. They're probably there some, somehow. I'm going to read a few more stats from the Bills uh, on the day that Devin Singletary was leading rusher for the Buffalo Bills. 12 carries, 106 yards one touchdown. Singletary running for 8.8 yards per carry. James Cook, Captain Cook, running for uh, 11 attempts for 99 yards and one touchdown, so 9 yards per carry. Both running backs having an incredible game. I mentioned Josh Allen, 6 for 41 for one touchdown earlier. Um, Gabe Davis, the leading receiver for the Buffalo Bills, Uh, Six targets, three receptions for 45 yards and one touchdown. Dawson Knox, five targets, um, three receptions, 38 yards, one touchdown. Stephon Diggs, only two targets. He had two receptions for 26 yards. Uh, Diggs was either he was eliminated by the Bears offense or Josh Allen could not just just not get him the ball because I'm almost positive that Diggs didn't even have a target in the first half of the game, which is just crazy to me, but I mean luckily the Bills were able to get it going by spreading the ball around. 8. six, seven, eight. Nine different receivers getting the ball against the Bears. On the Bears side of the ball, Justin Fields uh fifteen for twenty-three, one hundred and nineteen yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. David Montgomery, the leading uh rusher, sixteen carries, sixty-two yards, and the leading receiver for the Bears Velas Jones Jr. two receptions on four targets for 52 yards. Let's look at the Bills' defense real quick. The Bills had no sacks against Justin Fields, which is kind of crazy. And then they had Jaquan Johnson had the interception against that. And then uh, the forced fumble. The fumble or the forced fumble came from Dane Jackson, Buffalo Bills. Uh, Bills Mafia's favorite whipping boy, Dane Jackson, had that forced fumble. And then Tim Settle Jr. Uh, had the uh, recovery on that one so very cool have a few more stats Jeff Kerr our buddy Jeff Kerr at CBS uh, tweeted this out Josh Allen uh, is the first was the first player in NFL history to throw for 4,000 yards and rush for 750 yards in a season last year Allen is just four rushing yards away from accomplishing that feat again this year Allen has 4,029 yards passing and 746 yards rushing this year. That's a cool stat I wanted to share with you guys. Allen uh, has 174 career touchdowns now, surpassing Dan Marino for the most total touchdowns all time in a player's first five seasons. Cook is the first Bills rookie with a touchdown streak since Gabe Davis had three consecutive games uh, two years ago. Devin Singletary led all rushers with 12 carries for 106 yards and a touchdown. Singletary's 33-yard touchdown was the second longest of his career. Uh, the other one was 46-yard rushing touchdown against the Dolphins in September of last season. The game was the third of his career with 100-plus rushing yards. Uh, defensive tackle Ed Oliver notched four tackles, two, ta- two tackles for a loss two pass breakups, and one sack. So Ed Oliver did have a sack. The sack was Oliver's first since forcing a safety versus the Detroit on Thanksgiving. The defense held the Bears quarterback Justin Fields to just 11 yards on the ground and 130 total yards. The Bills, obviously, and I think I mentioned this earlier, but the Bills clinched the AFC East for the third consecutive year. Uh, this is the first time the Buffalo has won three consecutive division titles since winning the division four straight times between 1988 and 1991. Uh, Buffalo has notched six wins in non-Sunday games this season, the most by any NFL team since the Boston Patriots had six in 1962. And they could have seven if they beat the Bengals on Monday Night Football next week. Wide receiver Stefan Diggs is the sixth player in NFL history to record at least 100 catches and 1,200 receiving yards in three or more consecutive seasons. He's also the first player to ever accomplish the feat in each of his first three seasons with a team. Wow, that's incredible.
1: Stefan Diggs only needs one more touchdown to tie the Bills' all-time single-season leader in touchdowns. Set Which by is Billy, Billy Brooks. Billy yeah. Brooks in nineteen ninety five with eleven.
2: That's awesome. One away from tying it, you said?
1: Yes. Two to two to overtake.
2: Two to overtake. Very cool. Two games. Two games left. With, Although the second
1: uh, the second game Brooks didn't have right. <laughs> Sixteen <laughs> the, versus seventeen games. Yeah, that's
2: true. That's fair. So in one yeah.
1: You mentioned yeah. um the three straight division titles. And the last time was eighty eight to ninety one, so it's only been done three times ever. So eighty eight to ninety one was they did four straight. They also did four straight sixty three to sixty six. So only three times in their history they've won um, three or four straight. Wow!
2: With the Bills, uh, go ahead.
1: Sorry, like this this one set just is mind blowing, right? So the Bills all time rushing touchdown leaders. Thurman Thomas, 65, O.J. Simpson, 57, Josh Allen, 38. Wow. Like, he could actually pass both of those guys. <laughs>
2: That's Isn't crazy. that crazy? That's crazy. Like, we keep talking about the passing
1: stuff, but, like, he could also do that.
2: <laughs> He's halfway to both of those guys. He's over halfway to both of those guys. Yeah, he In doesn't have to play seasons. much
1: longer. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: <laughs> oj was with us for what 23 seasons and josh is doing in five <laughs> uh i know it wasn't 23 seasons but um and the uh the kickoff on game day was nine degrees it marks the bill's coldest regular season road road game since at least 1967 so those were stats of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook sports book at delago We're going to take a quick commercial break. After that, we'll go into our sweet sassy molassy plays of the game and our wall of famers and wall of shamers and maybe some hot takes, so stick around. All right, welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm with my co host, John, and uh, let's go into Sweet Sassy Molassie Plays of the Game.
0: Sweet Sassy Molassie,
1: get out the checkbook and pay Grandma for the rubdown.
2: Sweet Sassy Molassie Plays of the Game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. John, I'll, I'll start with you first. Uh, there were a couple of really good plays in this game um, that stick out to me. Uh, which one sticks out the most to you when uh, when you look back at this one?
1: There are a few different plays that stuck out, um, especially in the running game. They had some really nice runs. Um, if I had to pick, I'd go with the the Cook touchdown run. Um, definitely that that explosiveness that you know the Bills have been missing in that part of the game. Obviously, the tandem of Singletary and Cook was awesome and uh i'd like them to keep doing that along with the passing game i think i think that's great um and i know i've mentioned shakir in the past too they had a shakir touchdown pass so shakir and cook love it love to see the it two point
2: it was a two-point conversion on that yeah one. that's
1: what it was two point yeah but still it was I good mean, though loved it
2: you love you love seeing you've been you've been honking those guys since uh the draft so that's cool that you're seeing how well that they're actually playing and uh and yeah, you, I mean, you know, I mean, I've always been a big Shakir fan. I'm a huge Cook fan now as well. Everything that you thought that he would bring to the table, he has, right? I mean, almost a hundred yards rushing, uh, with only 11 carries. I mean, they both looked great. I'm going to go with... I love that touchdown you mentioned. Captain Cook, 27-yard touchdown run in the third quarter to go up 21-10. to I think I'm just going to go with the Devin Singletary touchdown right before that, that 33-yard touchdown that ended with the two-point conversion you mentioned to Shakir. Uh, for some reason, I don't know, like he just doesn't have the speed that, Sing- that Captain Cook does. And so when he does get in the open field, like... It just feels as if he's going to be tackled pretty soon because he has elusiveness, but he doesn't have speed, but he just kept rumbling, man. Like, so I just, I like that. It's, it's, I know it's not on this level, uh, but it just kind of reminds me of when Devin Singletary breaks one, which is so rare. Uh, it reminds me of like those big, big man touchdowns or whatever that you, you see in the NFL, like a, you know, an offensive lineman will rumble like 15 yards for a touchdown or something ridiculous like that. Like that's, kind of how it is when Singletary breaks one just because it's not that often. Man, when, but when James Cook hits that second level, it feels like he could be gone easily, doesn't it? Like the Bills haven't had the, that kind of home run threat since LaShawn McCoy. I love it. So Gettysburg of the game. I like John. John, you kind of mentioned it earlier. Uh, the turning point of the game, the Gettysburg of the game was the halftime. Whoever gave the halftime speech over there and, uh, in Chicago in the in the, lo- in the visiting locker room. I like that one because after that it was it was over. Um, I might give an honorable mention to when the Bills went up fourteen to ten. Dane Jackson caused that fumble and Tim Settle recovered. Like that was a good play. Like because then it gave the Bills the ball back and they caught you know they scored. Then they just started burying the Bears after that. Um, no pun intended. So it's just maybe if if I had to give an honorable mention to the halftime speech (laughs) that we don't know if anyone actually did or who said it or if it was any good. Uh yeah. I like that one. Uh, let's go. That's a good one. Dane Dane Jackson,
1: that's a good one. I like it. He's been catching some flack from a lot of people lately, so it's good to get him his name in there, right?
2: Yeah, I don't want to be the we don't want to be the podcast that just piles on guys when they're not playing well and like Wants to find a whipping boy. I I feel like Dane Jackson has been that we've criticized him, you know, on this podcast and you know he's had he has had some bad games, but uh that was a great play, a heads up play. I mean he doesn't give up, man. He keeps keeps coming back. So uh if you're gonna make fun if you're gonna criticize him when they have poor games, you have to be able to elevate them when they have, you know, a decent game, right? What about uh let's go into Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers? Let's start with the Wall of Fame. Wall. Uh, John, I'm going to go – I'll start with this one. I'm going to go the run game, the Bills run game in general. Um, we had a really uh, fun conversation earlier talking about the different ways the Buffalo Bills can actually win a game. And I think the run game, besides the defense playing you know, really well – uh, I think the run game was a major factor and it was good to see it come alive because if we're able to play a team that maybe doesn't have a dominant defensive line like other teams we've we've gone against uh and Josh Allen just either doesn't have the time to throw because there's an injury along the offensive line or he's just not on his game uh, hey maybe the Bills can run for what they run for in the Bears 254 yards maybe they can run for 254 yards and let you know I don't know I I like I like seeing different ways that the Buffalo Bills can win, and the run game uh, and defense, of course, but mostly the run game, in my opinion, was was the r- real reason. How about you for your wall of fame in the win?
1: Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. It's a run game. Um, I mean, not only did two two running backs have more yards than Josh Allen, but they almost both broke a hundred. Um, the uh, the offensive line, despite the injuries, like. They, they've they been tended they did well in the run game especially um so yeah overall run game for sure
2: and you know we have to give ken dorsey credit for that because you know he's been catching some criticism lately but he dialed up a great run game which had almost nine yards per carry from both of their running backs i mean how do you how do you not look at that and say, okay, maybe the pass game wasn't working? Good on Dorsey to switch it up and go to the, to the run game and have it be successful as well and not putting the entire game on Josh's shoulders when maybe he wasn't having his best game. So, uh, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna criticize Dorsey throughout the season when he does have a poor game, man, you gotta give him some credit too. But, so I, so I guess he would kind of go along the lines besides the defense as an honorable mention from my wall of fame. Uh, let's go into our wall of shame now. Shame, shame, shame. Uh, John, I'll let you go first on this one. Who do you put on your wall of shame in the in the win? The special teams was just horrid, right? <laughs> like the,
1: yeah, Tyler Bass aside, but like they 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 couldn't cover kicks. Like the Bears kept getting all that good field position. It was just. It was terrible. And then, like, Hines was dropping balls. Like,
2: ugh. <laughs> I couldn't take it. I, it was too
1: much all around.
2: <laughs> it was like, you know, when he would do a... He would decide not to do a fair catch on some of those, and then they would go down to, like, the two-yard line, right? You're like, just catch it at the 14. Like, just do it. Like, that's... You know, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I I felt the same way. You know, even the Tyler Bass, like, missed field goal and his mixed extra point, which... You know we're stinkers. Uh, Special teams in general. I love the way you put it. The the coverage unit uh, was subpar for sure in that game. I mean, if you have to find a weakness in that 35 to to 13 win, um, that's one of them. Um, That's that's my wall of shame or the special teams in general, and specifically Tyler Bass and, and and the coverage definitely go on my wall of shame. First, I'm going to give an honorable mention to Bill's penalties. I mentioned that earlier, nine penalties for 72 yards. Uh, the Bears only had two for 15. So this, uh, you know, people could argue that it's the referees calling it for the Bears instead of the Bills. Maybe it's a home field advantage thing. I think it's just... The Bills are making mistakes, and luckily they're so good that they don't matter. And I remember talking about this against the Rams, like the Bills were making big mistakes. Uh, you know, I'm gonna say this right now: if the Bills, if the Bills end up losing in the postseason, it's because it's gonna be either because of turnovers or just dumb mistakes like we saw la- the week before with Cam Lewis running into the punter, like stuff like that. Like that's how the Bills are gonna lose in the postseason, just like they lost last season with like the 13 seconds it was just dumb like idiotic like that never happens like it shouldn't happen like it's gonna be something to that effect where the bills are going to fumble something that should never have been fumbled think think back to like that Le- leotis Mckelvin when he took the ball out of the end zone instead of just uh you know kneeling it in the end zone and then the the Patriots got it and they fumbled it and then they ended up winning on like Sunday Night football or something like that if like a decade ago it probably is now but uh something like that if the bills are going to lose in the postseason it's going to be something like that i doubt it's going to be a blowout in any way shape or form i mean the bills have three losses by a total of eight points this season Um, so they're that good it's just a matter of you know hopefully not having any other major injuries and i think it's just you know Huge penalties, huge costly penalties, and huge costly turnovers, or missed field goals or PATs, you know? Um, Especially because the field goal, I believe, was only a 38-yard... Yeah, he missed the 38-yard field goal. I mean, it wasn't like a, I don't know, a 48-yard field goal. It was... I don't know. So... Yeah, you're
1: absolutely right. Like, you're not going to play the Bears in the the playoffs. So, like, (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Any 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 mistakes is gonna be amplified that much more. And like next week is part of that. The Bengals. Like they're fighting for seating and positioning as well. Um and even their division, right? Like Baltimore yes. is right there too, probably, yep. right? So like yeah, they're they're gonna be fighting tooth and nail. It's it's gonna be like a playoff game next week. Um, but yeah, that and the playoffs, like you play the Chiefs again, you might play Cincinnati a second time. Uh, you might play Miami, like, I, any of these teams, like, they're all really good, you can't afford to make these mental mistakes, um, like, holding penalties, and I, I get that they hold every play, but <laughs> you can't make it obvious, <laughs> like, you can't, you can't do that, uh, yeah, like, you, you mentioned the, 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 you know, tackling the punter, and the,
2: just, like, come on. Or, like, like, that Justin Jefferson play, like, where Cam Lewis didn't knock the ball down, and Justin Jefferson comes up with one of the most amazing catches I've ever seen in my life.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, or Allen throws an inopportune interception. I mean, he's he's way more good than he, I mean, like, oh, there's, yeah. there's, like, I, I don't want to criticize Allen, but, like, Anything can happen in any of these games, you know, the whole any given Sunday thing, and it it makes you worried. I get they're 12 and 3, and like last year they were like 7 and 6, or 8 and 6, or whatever they would be. Mm -hmm. But there's there's cause to worry. I mean, you're a Bills fan, like how many years (laughs) have we gone through different things? Right? Yeah. Music City Miracle, thirteen seconds, oh, and thirty year drought true. or where yeah, the I mean like wide right and all these other things for Super Bowl. Like the all the seventies, <laughs> they lost the Dolphins in, in a whole
2: decade. Like the whole thing. OJ like, Simpson being a murderer. Whole, yeah. <laughs> like it's one thing yeah. after another. <laughs> Just one thing after another. Yeah. Where would you put not to drag this conversation down, but we were talking about 13 seconds. Where would you put 13 seconds on the list of that? Cause obviously I think it's like wide, right. Is number one still <sighs> because it's, because it is what it is. And then it's like, um, I would say music city miracle just because it lasted so long. But I mean, it's gotta be up there with 13 seconds. If you think about it, because neither of them were in championship games. Um, neither one of those, you know, are obviously in the Super Bowl, So, uh, both, to... I'd say no, I put Music City... games.
1: like Music City Miracle. Like the, I mean the the Titans went to the Super Bowl right that year. Yeah,
2: and it started the drought, so maybe you put that above 13 seconds. But I mean, 13 seconds is probably I'd probably the
1: third w- I probably I, I I would yeah I'd probably put Music City Miracle above it just because of all the implications. Of, like right, I mean the Bills still have re- like one of the best teams in the league still. After 13 seconds, after Music City Miracle, they went like immediately downhill.
2: You know what's odd, and I talked with this uh, with Anthony from Cover One this off season is if you notice after that after that game, um, the Bill's special teams coaching staff is not here anymore after that game. You know, I don't know if that was a, an indication of what actually happened that game, um, a communication breakdown or whatnot, but. Uh,
1: or yeah. maybe if Flutie played more, the uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> True, could have been a whole different. I know. I don't know. Like,
2: uh. <laughs> dude, say what you will about Pagula's uh, Kim and Terry, um, being owners of the Pagulas. At least they're not meddlesome like Ralph was. Like Ralph was the reason why, um, Doug Flutie didn't start that game. And in that scenario, we haven't had Pagula, or you know, like Terry Pagula say, you know, Josh Allen has to sit. There. I don't know. You know, that would never happen. But we, he's never, at least that we know of, come into the spotlight and told Sean McDermott what he has to do. I guess that's that's another point. But uh, something something interesting that that uh, that makes was, me is think that, of the is same that a miracle
1: was that a first sure thing? Was that from Ralph or was that like? I thought that In was between. a for-sure
2: for sure thing. I thought it was a matter of... Because um, I mean, even if he,
1: that's the case, I think he did more, despite the drought and everything, he well, I guess I've had a few droughts, but like I think he did more good things for the franchise than bad for sure.
2: Yes, you're right, you're right. I mean, but at least let the football guys go into, you know, make the decisions football wise. But yeah, you're right. He definitely did many more good things, especially bringing them, you know, the team to Buffalo. I think
1: I think one thing that hurt during the drought was um Tom Donahoe was a huge such a huge failure that Wilson couldn't trust anyone and especially from that point forward um he, he didn't trust anyone to to run the organization from the The GM standpoint like they brought back Marv Levy who didn't have any of that kind of experience to be a GM and then like then they had you know Doug Whaley and other guys like um, Buddy Nix was a guy that he
2: remembered as a scout right I think Donahoe
1: was what was what really got the Bills into the drought and, and and because of that Wilson was so untrustworthy of that position that the drought lasted longer
2: interesting yeah yeah, that was a fun that was a fun tangent going into the worst <laughs> the worst <laughs> plays or games but in But hey, the Bills are 12 and 3. <laughs> They're the number 1 seed right now. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a good it's a good time to be a Bills fan. Hey hey, you can't appreciate what you have in front of you if you haven't lived through some pains and struggles, right? That's just true in any form in any walk of life, right? You know, you can't appreciate the love of your life if you didn't go through some uh, some stinkers in past relationships, or you can't appreciate, you know. Anyway, so this is this is uh, just another example of that. So I so I uh, agree with you. The special teams. I just want to give an honorable mention to penalties for the wall of shame. Um, I'm going to read a, a listener email, which I don't get to do very often. We usually get you know several emails during the season. I never really get a chance to read them, but since this is a few days after Christmas, I thought I would read this one. Um, uh, this one is from Ian, and Ian writes, Hey, Nate, hope you and the family are doing well this holiday season. I'm going to just... I know he knows that I run the the socials and the email, so I'm gonna say, "Hey Nate and John, hope you and the family." So I I got you there, John. You and the family are doing well this holiday season. The longest week of the Bills schedule is upon me this week, as it gets local and personal, as we take on the Bengals in Cincinnati. We'll be sitting at the 30 or 40 yard, 40 yard line uh, section of the Bills side of the stadium. My wife is threatening to tape my mouth shut before we head through the gates, which is fair. <laughs> Obviously, a huge matchup Monday night with more than just beer money on the table. We're looking forward to the mafia rolling through the Queen City and showing them how it's done i I'll be wearing my knox eighty eight home blue jersey with pride. Knox had his breakout game against Cincinnati in twenty nineteen and I'm hoping I can see that carry over five more wins, right? Take care, and happy New year Go bills and that was from our our buddy ian um who's written to us before but this is the first time i've ever read an email so that was that was kind of cool appreciate um all of you guys that have emailed us or dm'd us or tweeted at us or facebook message us or instagram messaged us, or whatever uh, uh we love you know hearing from you guys uh even if we don't get a chance to always reply or message you guys back uh this was cool. If you guys are out there and you see an, an E in there, there's also a bills fan. We're in, in 88 Knox Jersey. Um, give him a high five. Uh, we're big, uh, juggernauts fans here at the circling the wagons podcast. Um, John, let's go into that part of it. Uh, talking about next week for a minute. Um, the bills right now have the second best Super Bowl odds at 20%. Uh, the Eagles have the best odds at 22%. The Chiefs are right below the Bills in third place with 18%. And then you have the Bengals. The Cowboys are both at 10% at fourth and fifth place. And then the 49ers at 8% um, going on from there and, and some other teams. Um, right now, the Bills have the best odds to get a first-round buy with 47%. The Chiefs are very close behind at 40%, though, to get that first-round buy. And the Bengals are 3rd on that, with 12%. So, I mean, the implications of this game are very important. So, um, just searching out Sal Capaccio because he kind of broke this down. Um, the Bills clinch the number one seed this next week with a, with a win and a Kansas City Chiefs loss, which is huge. So, we'll all be watching those games. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs game obviously coming before the Bills game on Monday Night Football.
1: Uh, Chiefs play Denver, by the way.
2: The, Jeez.
1: God. And then Vegas the last week. So, I mean, the, <laughs> I figure the Bills have to win out to get that first seed.
2: I feel like the Raiders always play the Chiefs hard, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those divisional rivalries. that has gone on since I we get were that. kids.
1: I get the divisional thing. I mean, we played the Patriots last week, so anything could happen there. But, like,
2: well, not really. But, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> did you see did you see the at the end of the Bills game they started showing or was it that no no yeah was it at the end of the Bills game they started showing the Patriots uh Bengals game and the Patriots were marching down the field it was 22 to 18 the Patriots were losing but they had 2 minutes left they had timeouts and you're like okay well all they need to do is score a touchdown here they're at the, like the 20 yard line of the Bengals and don't they just fumble it away like they they could have easily won that game which it doesn't really help us a lot because if the Bills win this next week then it doesn't matter we all were really playing for is a first seed uh, specifically but man, it's just like jeez
1: yeah like I mean I guess the preference would have been for the Bengals to lose if we're looking at second versus third seed but in the grand scheme we're really <laughs> really eyeing that first seed right
2: exactly that that is the key to everything um <clears throat> Having that is just absolutely huge. So those are That's it, That's what she man. said. <laughs> that, is, that is indeed what she said, John. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. John, are there any final thoughts or any other last-minute uh, last discussions that you want to bring up that we might have missed or I might have missed earlier in the podcast? Thanks again to Ian for writing us um, at ctwpod at gmail.com.
1: No, I, I, I had a, a, a short list, but... Um... You covered a lot of it in the stats of the game segment, uh, so no, I don't have anything else.
2: Yeah, yeah, me either. I mean, luckily after the first half, it was pretty. I mean, besides the touchdown, it was, it was, it wasn't close at all. I yeah. mean, it's a tale of two halves, and just like the Bills did, like they should do, like they never did during the drought. I mean, they took care of business against a terrible team, and they easily, you know, if this was a drought season, the Bills would have won, like, what, like 15 to 13, right? Like, against a terrible team, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, another thing to put this, this next game into perspective, like, if they end up not getting the first seed, they could end up having to play both, like, they could play both Cincinnati and Kansas City again. Mm-hmm. and maybe even like a team like Miami or somebody was that first week right like I, I don't know how the things line up but if they get the bye then maybe they only have to play one of those teams and it goes through buffalo no matter what right like that that's really big i mean it, i kind of don't like the whole like they added the 7th seed thing as soon as as soon as buffalo was good so that kind of sucked <laughs> yeah. and then and then also they they took away a bye week from the second seed so that kind of sucks
2: too. <laughs> Which also sucks cuz we had the second seed last season.
1: <laughs> right. Like so since it was so good all these things are happening. <laughs> uh
2: let's see. So right now the top 6 teams in the playoffs are the Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, Ravens and Chargers. And then there's uh two teams that can make it in. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, so then two more teams are in the hunt. And right now, that's the Jaguars and Dolphins. I mean, if you're a Bills fan, I mean, oh, not that, like, let's, just for fun, right? Because we got a little time on this podcast. We didn't go too long. Just for fun. And I'm going to share my screen with you so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so we have Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, Ravens, Chargers, Jaguars Dolphins if you're looking for the ideal scenario if you have if you don't get the first seed and you have to play three games in like a revenge tour of like the AFC I mean to me I feel like I'd want to play the Dolphins first just to stomp them out and then play the Bengals next (laughs) you know take them out and then beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship
1: yeah, but that's also the hardest schedule.
2: <laughs> oh, it's, it would, it, oh, it's very hard. <laughs> it's extremely hard. <laughs> you don't have to play the Jaguars. The Jaguars are going to have the fourth seed.
1: No, I want to play the Jets. <laughs> and then who we got? Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. Is it right you Baltimore?
2: Who else we got? Uh, the Chargers. Let's play the Chargers. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, if you want the easiest one. I mean, if they have to win out to get to the Super Bowl, that's the team. I mean... You know, I want them to win all three of them, but if they're going to win all three, man, that
1: look—I've been—it's been forty years. I'm ready for a Super Bowl. I don't care <laughs> how they get it.
2: You're like, I want them to play the Patriots, the Jets, and whoever and...
1: whoever the NFC South team is in the <laughs> NFC. Let's let's root for them.
2: Right now, it's the Buccaneers. Oh man, wouldn't that be so? Imagine if the Bills beat the Dolphins. Okay, this is my dream scenario. They beat the Dolphins in the first round. If they have to play three rounds, then they play, beat the Bengals in the second round. AFC Championship game is against the Chiefs, where they beat them just barely. You know where the Chiefs make some big gaff with 13 seconds left in the game. Twelve seconds. Twelve seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's like six minute abs, right? <laughs> uh, then you have then they play the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl and beat Tom Brady and freaking send him into retirement with a with a Super Bowl loss, right? Like that would be ideal. I mean, it'd be cool obviously to play the Eagles and beat them or to get maybe revenge against the Vikings after that, you know. Uh, regular yeah, I don't want to loss. play the
1: Eagles. I don't play the Eagles or the Niners, but uh, the Cowboys, Vikings, Buccaneers, any of the other teams I'll play. But Cowboys I, I'd be Vib- more ner- I'd be more nervous against the 49ers or the uh Eagles for sure. Definitely the Eagles. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Both those teams are are really good. I I mean, they're all good, but, like, if I had a pick, I think the, those would be in the top tier in the NFC. I, I'd rather not play them. If I'm yeah. For...
2: Well, if we're looking for teams I don't want to play, I mean, everything I just mentioned, all those teams minus the Buccaneers, I don't want to play, technically. You're right. If I was looking for a dream scenario of easiest games, play the Jaguars. Well, you couldn't play the Jaguars because they're, they're technically the, the fourth seed right now because they're winning their division. Yeah, but, I mean,
1: depending on, yeah, like, if you look at the last two games of each of these teams' schedules, you could kind of map it out, like, all right, so if you assume the Bills do whatever versus...
2: If they have the second seed. It's,
1: yeah, it's, it's kind of tough to now, but...
2: Mm-hmm. They could get knocked down to the third seed if the Bills lose this next week. Uh, you're talking about the Bills having the same record as the Bengals, and we know that the Bills would lose that head-to-head tiebreaker. They'd both be twelve and four, and then it's just. Up oh to yeah, last game of the yeah, season.
1: like those, yeah. Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals. It could be any order one, two, three. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be probably one, two, three. Those teams. I don't know if the Ravens can. Uh, I mean, they could push, but like it really depends on their health.
2: Luckily, no matter what, the Bills have the first game at home. Their first, second, or third seed. Like they'll have. Their the first game will be at home in the playoffs. So if that's against the Dolphins, I think that's a great scenario. Or even the Chargers. The Dolphins are Chargers because...
1: Well, uh, technically, yeah. If, if the season ended now, and let's say the Bills were second, then they're playing Miami.
2: Then they're playing Miami, exactly. They're playing Miami then, and you're talking about them coming back to Buffalo, and you know, we you know it's a tough environment for them, so... Now they have experience, though, <laughs> so maybe we don't want to play them first. I don't know. You could talk yourself in and out of almost every any one of these games. Uh, yeah, I don't
1: want to play anybody. I just want to just <laughs> want to go to <laughs> go the win. Super Bowl.
2: <laughs> 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 You're right. I this whole this whole uh, playing uh, playing playoff games just to get to the Super Bowl just bring me right to the Super Bowl. What are we talking about? Um, cool, man. That's why well, the
1: bye week's that much more important because like it's any like any week anything can happen. So you. Do you want to win two games or three games? Like,
2: have you? So I know you're big into fantasy football, John. Um, first off how how's your how's your how are your teams uh, that look? Dead look does not garner any confidence. How are you doing?
1: Did you lose? Well, I'm well, I'm down to one team, which is fantastic. It's the dynasty team. Oh, okay. I did I did lose this past week though in the uh, playoffs. So, but my the the one thing I'm telling myself is so the, the dynasty league has been up for four years. I won twice and it's impossible for the guy who won the one time to win again so no matter what I will have won the most times after
2: this year. <laughs> nice nice good for you good for you is <laughs> that's <laughs> so I feel like fantasy football is a perfect analogy for why getting the first round by is so important because as someone who's won as many times as you have, and you've won, we've had leagues where we played together where you've won as well. Uh, I mean, that first round by is like, if you ever like had the first round by and just looked at your, you still put in a good, you know, what you probably would start just to see what they would do. And then you're just like, Oh, well, it's a good thing. I didn't play this round. Cause I probably would have been knocked out. Have you ever had that happen? Cause I know, I know I have.
1: Yeah. Probably half the time I would have lost. Mm-hmm. And like, Especially fantasy football, like there's so many, cause you're just taking random people from different teams, essentially, and anything can happen. Like, it, it, like a lot of it's matchup based and, and all these different things, and you lose and you lose. And, but if you have that bye week, you can't lose. So, <laughs> right. You have that, that much more opportunity the next week. And the same, that same thing is, is, is true for real football life. Like the, you can't lose in the bye week and you have the added benefit in the real life NFL that those players get an extra rest week, extra bye week. That is so huge. That right there. Mm-hmm. Like that that makes all the difference.
2: It's it's actually like twofold because you're not only getting more rest, but that other team is getting more banged up because of that other game that they just had to play and win right like you know that there's i mean we know as bills fans like this season has been a sh- just a crazy clown show for injuries that you know all of a sudden an injury will pop up on on the on the injury list and we'll just be like, I didn't know that guy was even injured last game. Like, oh, he misses the game next week. Like, you know there will be at least one or two of those from the, the team from the week before where they could lose potentially one or two important starters. And even if they're, they're not out for that game, they're, maybe they're playing at 60%, whereas your guys have gotten healthy that week. It's, it's twofold. It's almost, you know, twice the amount of, uh, yeah, it's... I, I agree that it's so important this year. I think last year kind of amplified that a little bit more for me, especially with the bills playing in Arrowhead for like the fifth time in a row or whatever or fourth time last year, but then it became fifth this year or something like that. But uh it's so important that the bills play KC in Buffalo this season. and I think that that makes this season especially it makes all the difference for the bills getting to that next level and finally putting the chiefs in the rearview mirror um which they haven't been able to do so
1: so yeah i think i think i think the only time mahomes has played in buffalo was without a crowd during the the covid season he hasn't played in buffalo with the the bills crowd there
2: no that's true it's true it's especially not in you know single digit you know weather you know and with 80,000 fans yelling at you so
1: and and the Bills beat, I mean, the Bills beat the Chiefs in Kansas City two years in a row. I mean, there was a game obviously the, the most important one in between. They didn't win, but like they they can do that too. But I think having it at home would be that much better, right?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I think that definitely increases their odds, even without Von Miller this year. You know, and there's there's that small possibility that Micah Hyde might come back. You know, during the playoff run. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up, but. You know, and they have
1: Tedrevious White back, who was not there for the
2: playoffs last exactly, year. Exactly, exactly, which is huge, right there, right in and of itself, is a huge gain for them, uh, for sure. So what you're I saying? Mean, he
1: was. he's there like their, like White is their top three player, right? Like he, I mean, he was their best defensive player.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, now, now you're okay. Maybe Von Miller, but like an Allen, but like between those three, like White is a top three player maybe your best defensive player, especially now with Miller out. Like that, That's just so big.
2: I mean, besides Matt Milano, I mean, who else Milano's on that defense? Milano's really good, yeah. Milano's really good, but besides him, and he's played the entire season, who's better than Tredavious White on that defense? They've got a lot of really good guys, but, I mean, anyone to that talent level of Tredavious White on that roster, I think Matt Milano's the only one that's close to it. Uh, and he's just, but he's played an amazing season. Um, he's had an incredible season and he's been healthy for the most part. Uh,
1: especially when you have like a healthy guy at each, like, each section of the defense. You got like an Ed Oliver, you got a Milano paired with Edmonds, you got Poyer maybe paired with Micah Hyatt in the playoffs at some point. I mean, that would be awesome. But, um, yeah, all those guys really good. I, I really hope they, uh, a way to extend Poyer.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too. I forgot about Poyer and that. So so they don't have Hyde like they did last year, but then they also have Tredavious White. So that's like addition by subtraction. And then they, But they don't have Von Miller, but they didn't have him last year. So, uh, Yeah, but then they didn't have James Cook last year. Okay, we can, we can go into this another time. We'll wait for that actual playoff game and we can go through those pluses and minuses. But just a reminder that this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. John, as always, buddy, it's always been... It's always fun to talk Bills with you, uh, especially after a win. Uh, so we'll sign off from there for John.
1: Hey, go Bills. 12-3. and 3. We're in first place in the conference. It's ours to lose. Where else would you rather be than right here? right now <laughs>
2: i love it and for me nate go bills 12 and 3 feels so much better than last season when it was nine and six and uh and we're in a good spot eight points away from being you know i guess 11 points away from being 15 and 0 for which we should be and uh i will talk to you guys after the Bengals game go bills <laughs>